This episode is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is an awesome online learning community filled with thousands of creative video classes taught by experts and professionals. With topics ranging from how to start a side hustle, meditation, the stock market, graphic design, cooking, coding, and everything in between. Learn that skill you were always curious about or kickstart that passion project you've always wanted to. Sign up using our special Suck In Between link in the episode notes or our Insta bio for a free 30-day trial. Hey everyone, Sandan and Rami here, trying something a little different today. So we have always wanted to do weekly episodes, but because of uh, work and life commitments, it's been a little tricky for us to do that. So we thought we'd trial doing mini podcasts in the weeks in between our usual fortnightly releases. And the idea around that is to have, you know, 15 to 20 minute conversations about something we're thinking about or something happening in the world or have snippets from previous interviews that we've done that didn't actually make the final episode. So let us know what you guys think of this new format, um, if you're enjoying it or if we should stick to our usual episode style. Uh, that being said, we thought that for our first mini podcast, we'd do a review of the show Never Have I Ever, yes. which if anyone hasn't watched, is a Netflix teen comedy drama about a character called Devi Vishwakumar, played by Maithri Ramakrishnan, um, about being a South Asian teenager growing up in California and all of the friends, family, relationship drama that comes with that, mm-hmm. um, navigating a strict Indian mum and coming to terms with the death of her father, which isn't a spoiler because you <laughs> find out about that in the first few minutes of the very first episode. Uh, but yeah, Romy and I will make sure we call out any spoilers just in case anyone hasn't caught up yet. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, if we're talking about this show, I think it's obviously important to recognise the significance and why it's such a big deal, right? Because this absolutely exploded. Mm. And I think the sheer significance of it really comes from the fact that it's really been the first time that we've seen a show with this much South Asian representation on screen, with the protagonist being a South Asian girl um, and really sharing the story of what it's like to be a, a girl being brought up in California but also having that background. Um, and, you know, Sandin and I mm. are now mid to, to late 20s and this is the first time that we've seen a show this big, you know, kind of address these issues as well. So I think that's obviously the first thing and I think many of our listeners would agree that it was also sort of the first show that they've seen that represents them. But also she doesn't just go through like South Asian problems, she goes through just normal teenage stuff. So I think it really puts everyone on the same level of relatability and there's things that non-South Asian people can relate to as well with her. And I think it also exposes parts of South Asian culture that previously haven't been exposed in a Hollywood show on Netflix, which I think is just so groundbreaking. Kind of sad it's taken us to 2020 for something like this to come up on screen, but, you know, better late than never. Yeah, for sure. And we'll get to some of those points in a bit, but going back to something you said earlier, um, mid, mid to late 20s? Yeah, you're 27 in a few months, which is pretty close to 30. That's still closer to 25 than it Stop is Stop being 30. in denial about your age. Okay, we need to anyway. have a conversation about maths <laughs> after this recording. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, to your point about representation, yeah, it is so important. But beyond just South Asian representation, the show has so much diversity and platforms people who are underrepresented on screen. 
Um, you know, we have Lily D. Moore, who's an actress who has Down syndrome, who plays a role. Mm. There's Alexandra Billings, who's a trans woman who plays the career advisor. Um, and and most of the other main cast that aren't South Asian are also people of color, yeah. which is awesome because, you know, you know, shows that we watched when we were as teenagers, like Friends, took eight or nine seasons to have any diversity. Mm-hmm. So it's great to see things starting to change now. Um, I think for me, I know I'm not the target audience for a teen comedy drama. And when it was announced that Mindy Kaling was creating a show like this, I was expecting something a little bit different. Right. But uh, regardless, I still love it and I still want to watch every second because of what the show stands for. And, you know, it's just cool seeing people who look like us on screen who you can relate to in a way that we couldn't with sitcoms before. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I guess for me, I can relate to parts of Debbie's experiences and character from, you know, when I was her age, however many years ago. I really liked how Debbie's quite flawed. She's not this perfect girl who gets everything right. And, you know, Mindy Kaling would have, who's a producer of the show, and we'll get to that in a second, but she would have very deliberately done that because it just makes her mm. a lot more relatable and doesn't put her character up on a pedestal. It just makes parts of her personality just normal and I think yeah I really like that about her um so Seven and I tasked each other with coming up with sort of top five reflections that we each had on the show Mm. we thought it'd be really good to kind of unpack key things that we took away so Seven did you want to kick off yeah so my first takeaway uh I'm gonna go back to season the, the opening scene of season one episode one where Davy's sitting in her prayer room at home and um, she's sitting in front of all the pictures of different Hindu gods and she's praying to them like, hey guys, I know it's been a minute, <laughs> but I really need to do well in school this year and I want to be popular. So if you could help me out, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is something that I definitely have done uh, when my mom's been like, hey, you need to pray before the start of the school year. Yeah, um, I think just starting off the show with something that's super relatable and unique to our experiences just made me feel like you know like 30 seconds in that this show was going to be something super special and there's so many moments like that Mm. uh some of which are kind of subtle which someone who isn't south asian might not pick up on um but you know moments that we can relate to having experienced it or knowing people who've experienced it living in a south asian household but uh growing up in a western country so like like we said earlier uh, we haven't seen much of that, yeah. if at all, on English television, which is which was great to see. Yeah, most definitely. And I mean, when we were doing U twelve and things like that, you would have seen like an influx of people at the temple being, being like, "Oh, <laughs> day before my exams, I need to study so I get a good ATAR." And I'm yeah, sure many you become, of you listening. Uh, really just a week before I know. trials. <laughs> Exactly. Um, And that was also one of my first reflections on the show as well. The fact that they've peppered Mm. little things about South Asian culture throughout the show and having, yeah, again, someone like Mindy Kaling obviously means that someone who's had that experience is sitting there in the writing room writing these things. So it's quite accurate too. So little things like, you know, no shoes in the house. 
um, Nalini wearing her thali or her mangal sutra, the Hindu funeral that they show, um, and the random dialogues in Tamil, which is great because mm. like we can actually understand them too, which is quite cool. Um, and then even something like touching the feet of elders and asking for their blessing. They did that in season two. So there's just so many things like that that they really made references to with our culture. Yeah, and to your point around language, I think that's something they did better in season two than season yeah. one. Um, even little things like uh, Kanama or Kutti yeah. and when uh, Kamala and Nalini are talking smack in front of her workmates, yeah. they switch from speaking English to speaking in Tamil. Um, definitely done that yeah. before. <laughs> um, for me, another key takeaway, again, from season one was the Ganesh Puja episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no uh, major spoilers, but in this episode, Devi attends a community slash religious event and it makes her feel a little bit out of place and kind of question her relationship with her culture. So uh, a couple of moments from that. Uh, firstly, when she bumps into a friend who moved away for college and, um, you know, they used to bond about how much they hated being at events like this. Uh, Davey says, like, hey, like, I thought you, you wouldn't have come for this. I thought you'd be off partying in college. And he's like, nah, like, seeing other people in uni take pride in their culture made me question why I felt ashamed about mine and kind of shied away from it. Mm. Um, but now I really want to explore these things more, uh, which is something I thought was quite relatable. Mm. Um, and then later in the episode, uh, Davy bumps into a friend who asks her why she's dressed up in a sari. And she's like, oh, it's just some like weird Indian thing. Um, you know, like just brushing off this really rich, significant event because she can't be bothered explaining it to someone who you assume won't understand or appreciate it the same way. Or, you know, maybe she herself is ashamed that she can't explain it well enough. Mm. Um, Definitely something I've done in the past as well. And then finally in that conversation, she says, uh, I'm going to quote here. She says, some old loser is telling me that I'm too Indian and some people think that I'm not Indian enough. And honestly, all I want to do is eat a donut. And I think that quote just summarizes the concept behind stuck in between right? And figuring out where we fit within those two cultures. So I think that episode gave uh, a cool lens to that. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, around just a couple of comments on that, where she says it's a weird Indian thing about the Ganesh Puja, I think a lot of it comes from us growing up, like we're kind of forced to do things or asked to just tag along to certain events that are, you know, cultural prayers or pujas or whatever. And we're not, no one gives us an explanation of what it's actually about. So even for someone like Devi, for her, it may actually just be a weird Indian thing because she doesn't even understand the significance of what a Ganesh Puja is because her mum may have never explained it to her. And I feel like for a lot of us, we, we probably relate to that and it probably just takes us actually asking the question of why do we do this to get that answer back. To because as it, a 15-year-old, yeah. I didn't know a lot of the things that we do in, in Hinduism and why we do them. It was never explained to me, so I can completely relate with that. And then aside from that, yeah, it's the whole idea of even if you do know what it is, you can't be bothered explaining it to someone who you think may not appreciate it too. Yeah, maybe that's a good idea for another mini episode or Mm. even a full podcast, you know, talking about the deeper meaning behind traditions and the things we do out of routine that we don't fully understand the significance of. Yeah. Um, That might be a cool episode to do. Yeah, most definitely. 
Um, I think for me, a couple of the other takeaways, and I don't know if these bucket into one or individuals, but they really touched on a lot of tabooed topics throughout season one and season Mm. two. And I think they do that in a really palatable way where it's not too... It's not too intense or too dark, but they still address what needs to be addressed. And so I think a couple of things include Nalini having a miscarriage in season one. They do like a flashback to her and Mohan talking and she's had a miscarriage. And, you know, they didn't need to add that in to the show, but I think just kind of subtly adding it in. It was one one scene. They never addressed it again. But the fact that they did, I think, was fantastic. Yeah. And it's so important to address topics like that. Um, and then... Devi going to therapy and normalizing that. I mean, obviously she's going because of the passing of her dad, but she, you know, she doesn't talk about that with the therapist um, just yet. Anyway, she talks about all sorts of issues that are going on in her life. So I think it's it's so important that they've weaved that into the story and made it such a big part of who she is, um, because it just encourages all of us, you know, whether we've gone through something that tragic or not, to to kind of just talk out all the, the trauma that we've had or any little things that we've gone through um, growing up, particularly between two cultures as well. And then the other one is obviously the eating disorder. Um, this might be a bit of a mm. spoiler for season two, but yeah, the whole eating disorder topic, I think. You should have said that another... before you said eating I disorder. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> um, <laughs> it just hit me after. But I think that one was obviously a really important one too. Um, probably not one that we see enough in TV shows, if I'm being honest. So I think, yeah, that they did that in such a good way, as well as addressing the whole you know, effects that it has when you get bullied about having an eating disorder or whatever it may be. Yeah. And these are things that are stigmatized in all communities, but even more so by South Asian ones, right? So it is so important to normalize it. Mm. And you even see that growth in characters like Davy's mum, right? Mm. Like at first she's hesitant, but then she herself goes to therapy and finds the um, the benefits of it. Exactly. And to your point, I think overall season two did a lot of things better than season one. I think they gave more depth to the characters. Um, And, you know, like we were just talking about Nalini, for example. I think we saw a little bit more of a complex side to her in season Mm. two. So um, a little bit of a spoiler, but at the end of season one, she decides to move her family back to India. Um, So at the start of season two, she goes back to kind of figure out the logistics, but realizes that she doesn't fit in the same way that she used to. And her mother-in-law calls her out and says, like, no, you can't move your family back here because you're so acclimated to American life. So, you know, as much as we talk about being stuck in between with people like us, seeing that struggle that our parents go through being stuck in between themselves, um, I think was a nice touch. Yeah, exactly. And I think Melanie's also such an interesting character because she's so representative of a typical strict South Asian parent who is incapable of showing emotion, will shield Mm. their child away from anything and everything and not actually level with them or explain things to them. Like how many of us when we were teenagers heard, oh, you're too young to understand. Oh, you're too young. And like, I know I heard it. So it's so relatable because Nalini does exactly that with Devi, not realizing that maybe to some level Devi can understand more than what she actually thinks. So I think, yeah, she's a really good character to represent that. And then she has that light bulb moment, like, hey, I can actually level with my daughter. And exactly, uh, Devi also realizes that her mom isn't perfect and Mm. can act irrationally and does make mistakes too, which just brings them closer together. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, just a couple of other things to call out for me. This one's, a, a, I guess, a funnier one. But Kamala being set up with uh, the guy in a more like a modern arranged marriage way. Mm. So a um, couple of spoilers, I guess. It's not a huge thing. But, um, you know, the fact that he's an engineer and she's expected to have an arranged marriage now that she's about to finish her PhD. So it's just like ticking the boxes yeah. as you go through life. Um, and her not being able to look like a Western career woman. I think those were Nalini's exact words when meeting that guy's parents on a Zoom call or whatever it is as well. So, yeah, just things like that that maybe some of us have experienced or we hear others experiencing, um, which is just portrayed through, yeah, that the whole scene with Kamala being set up. Um, and then speaking of Kamala, the other thing around being compared to your cousins or your family friends or just like any mm. other brown person around you, I think like that happens so much where it's like, oh, look at your cousin or look at this person, look how good they are at this and that. Um, and the fact that Nalini keeps like doing that between Devi and um, Kamala and Devi getting jealous of Kamala because of that, I think is just so relatable. Yeah. I kind of had a similar point. Um, mm. The whole thing around wearing different faces around different people. So uh, when you mentioned the cousin comparisons, I was actually thinking of Anissa, who is yeah. a new character in season two. Um, and who, by the way, 16-year-old Sandra would have had a massive crush on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, she's this kind of cool, calm, collected, uh, badass chick at school. But when she goes over to Davy's place... She's like, hi, auntie, do you yeah. need any help with anything? <laughs> hi, party, how's your health? And Davey's looking at her like, bro, what are you doing? You're <laughs> making me look bad, right? Like, we're, we're all completely different people with aunties and uncles as opposed to with our friends, right? So I thought that was funny to see. Yeah. I think to Kamala's character, um, they've really used her well to magnify some of the gender role issues within our community. Yeah. So as you mentioned in season one, um, when she's getting set up for an arranged marriage over Zoom, she's told to suppress her success so she doesn't intimidate the guy. Mm. And she's told, you know, she she needs to cook, she needs to clean, ba basically be mm. the be the guy's That's mother. That's her expectation. Yeah. So addressing things like this, but in a in a lighthearted way, was important. Mm. And um, then in season two, showing what she goes through being a woman in a predominantly male workspace and the hurdles she faces because of that um you know using these characters to speak to bigger issues yeah. even outside of south asian bubbles was kind of my last but um obviously not least yeah. takeaway yeah most definitely and you see her growth as well in terms of her becoming a bit stronger as a character towards the end of yeah. that and kind of fighting yeah. against some of those stereotypes or the struggles that she goes through because of those gender roles and hopefully they develop her a little bit more in the next season. I'm sure they will, but yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's so much to unpack when it comes to the show. So yeah. narrowing it down to just five takeaways or reflections wasn't easy. Yeah. Uh, now that we've had this discussion, I'm kind of like, oh, we probably should have dedicated a full episode to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we can't praise Mindy Kaling enough for her role on a groundbreaking project like this. Definitely. And something we want to do, similar to this mini episode is to look at South Asian representation and stereotypes in other mainstream TV shows. So maybe we can even do an episode on what Mindy Kaling has done for the industry mm. then. Yeah, most definitely. She didn't have to do this with her platform, um, but she chose to, which yeah, is 
all props to her. And Mindy, I know your manager said that you're too busy to come on our podcast, but please, please come on. <laughs> we would love to have you no on. No shameless plug. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> um, that was fun. And I'm excited for a shorter edit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was fun. We've been uh, waiting to have that conversation for a, a while because normally we would have debriefed about it with our group of friends, but we refrained for the sake of the podcast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let us know what you guys think of this format mm-hmm. and if we should keep doing it or stick to our usual episodes. And you can catch us next week for our normal full-length podcast and an interview that we're really excited about. Yeah, we'll catch you next Monday for our next episode on Indian mythology with the well-renowned Devdat Patanaik. For the time being, you can catch us on social media at stuckinbetween underscore podcast. See you then. Bye.